Welcome to China in Focus. I'm Tiffany Meyer. In today's special episode, we sat down with Levi Browdy, executive director of the Falun Gong Information Center. He sheds light on how the persecution of the spiritual discipline Falun Gong in China is a reflection of the Chinese regime's greater goals against the free world and more in a newly released report, Pandemic, Persecution and Pushback. Let's dive in. Levi Browdy, thank you so much for joining us. Great to have you on the show. Thank you so much for having me. It's good to be here. So you recently came out, helped come out with a report called The Pandemic, Persecution and Pushback. So tell us kind of what it covered and what were your biggest findings from it? Normally we do an annual report, but this report actually covers about two and a half years because we felt the time, especially when COVID was raging, not only across the world, but certainly in China, presented a very unique
So Levi, who are these Falun Gong and why is the regime so against them? Why are they the main targets? So that's a good question. I mean, the, the story of Falun Gong is, a, is an interesting and tragic story. Because if you look back in the 1990s, Falun Gong was widely popular. It's essentially a Buddhist-based spiritual practice. It involves meditation, studying of Buddhist-based principles, all centered around truthfulness, compassion, tolerance. So when someone well, says they're a Falun Gong practitioner, basically they're meditating in the morning, doing exercises, and they're studying those principles and trying to adopt those principles into their life, be a little bit more honest and compassionate as they go through their life. That's what Falun Gong is. And when it f was first introduced to public in, in 1992, very quickly it became popular in China. I mean, hundreds of millions, tens of millions of people were taking up the practice very quickly. Uh, by 1999, the Chinese government actually did a survey because they noticed there's so many people doing this Falun Gong. If you looked at you know, in cities and towns and villages across China, the, in the parks in the morning, it was all Falun Gong. It was everywhere. So they did a survey actually in the end of 1998, early 1999, they found 100 million people were practicing. So at that point, there was a couple of key leaders in the, in, in the Communist Party, mainly the, the, the head of the party, Jiang Zemin, who said, crush it, kill it. And there was a big power struggle, actually, in the summer of 1999, because he wanted to crush it. A lot of the senior members, even members of the Politburo, knew Falun Gong very well and said, you know, what do you, this is crazy. This is a benign, wonderful practice that's actually making people very healthy. We're not going to do this. So it was a huge power struggle. Jensenman won the day. And so for the last 23 years, um, from that directive, they have been trying to eliminate Falun Gong inside China.
So Levi, it sounds like, you know, these whistleblowers of basically crimes against humanity, honestly, happening inside China isn't just for the Chinese people, but also helping, say, us in the Western world find true information coming out of China. So you mentioned that the Chinese regime is also going after people overseas. How are they able to do that? In a variety of ways. I mean, it started out as sort of very base thuggery. Um, we've had, at least in the Falun Gong community, we've had people in the early days when the persecution first started, we had people here in Manhattan whose, whose apartments were ransacked several times. One of them actually had to leave and go into hiding because of Chinese thugs, obviously hired by the Chinese government, and the consulate here was attacking them physically. And we've had that going on for years. People beaten up in Chicago and San Francisco. We had one guy who was actually at the time pioneering software so that to allow Chinese people to reach the free internet. He was sitting in his home, a very nice neighborhood in Atlanta. A couple Asian people knock on the door, pretending to be a water delivery. They force their way in. They beat him up. They're speaking Chinese. Um, and, you know, very nice home. They steal nothing except his computers and his hard drives. And so this, this kind of thuggery has been a hallmark of their transnational repression against Falun Gong. But it's far more sophisticated than that these days. They use their diplomatic corps all around the world to go after Falun Gong, pressuring our legislators, pressuring our governments, our governors, our mayors, not to support Falun Gong, not to speak out against the persecution in China, um, and business entities. Um, obviously, many of our businesses, including our media, um, have enormous deals inside China. And that has coincided with an alarming silence on the Falun Gong issue. And so the targeting of Falun Gong by the Chinese regime is multifaceted, and it is very sophisticated. And it is, to some extent, focused here in the United States, but it really, it's all around the world. Given how widespread this, say, transnational suppression is, what can be done? Why is this even legal? What can outside countries do? Unfortunately, by their own admission, our government, Western governments around the world, really, are wholly unprepared for this. Because normally when they're dealing with an adversarial country, it comes in the form of they're just their diplomats or their military or something like that. And really, CCP has weaponized absolutely everything of their country, including their corporations, including their citizens, including, unfortunately, even their students that come over here. I mean, there's many, many cases of the Chinese consulate sort of pressuring and, 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 and really blackmailing Chinese students here to help in this larger uh, process. So we are playing catch up, unfortunately. And we, by we, I mean the United States government and all Western democracies. Um, and I think the first thing they need to do is start identifying these individuals that are going after. They're beating us up in the streets in, in San Francisco and Chicago. But as important, if not more important, is they need to understand and take action against these various entities, the diplomatic corps, the Chinese media that is here, and honestly, even Chinese corporations, and understand them for what they really are. They are foreign agents, and they should have to register as such. They should be limited be, uh, as, as a foreign agent, and they should be monitored as foreign agents, because that's really what they're doing here. I mean, it's interesting that Houston is an interesting case. You know, there was a lot of news, I think it was last year, where they shut the Houston consulate down. It might have been the year before. The Falun community had been targeted a lot in the Houston area for years. And a lot of it was coming out of the consulate. We knew that. And there was a notable change in the community in Houston when that consulate shut down. 
Um, and you know, you see that again all over the United States. So I think we need to start taking all these different organs of the Chinese state, recognizing them for what they are, and restricting them, curtailing them, making the registers foreign agents, because again, that's the activity they're carrying out here. And it's it's difficult because we're 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 the land of the free. This is a free democracy, and you should be able to do business and conduct media and so forth. But we need to be able to understand when it's not. And a, uh, a citizen or somebody who's trying to do that in good faith, it's actually an agent of the CCP that's doing that. They need to be treated differently, and we need to figure out a way to properly identify them so that we can treat them for what they really are. And I think um, that's one of the main things that the, 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 our government, at least, is wrestling with right now, is how to do that. That was Levi Browdy, executive director of the Falun Gong Information Center. And after a break, we hear more from him on the impacts here in America and what can be done. That's coming up in just a minute here on China in Focus. Welcome back to China in Focus. I'm Tiffany Meyer. Next, we continue our coverage with Levi Browdy, executive director of the Falun Gong Information Center. He sheds light on the Chinese regime's long arm of suppression, even here in America. And what can be done? Here's more. And so how does this tie into the Chinese regime's bigger goal? Because America is very clear in not calling China the enemy, but the Chinese regime sees us or freedom-loving countries as the enemy and vows to become the global hegemon and take us down. So how does this all tie into that? I think Western governments need to look at Falun Gong as a case study. This is it. We're essentially the canary in the coal mine for what's about to be unleashed or has already been unleashed. through all of this research, what are some of the stories that maybe stood out, especially to you? <sighs> the most heartbreaking one, and I've been following this for since 2007, uh, is Shuna.
And Levi, given that what happens to these Falun Gong practitioners seems to actually have a direct impact on We need to get the word out first and foremost, and I think this is where Falun Gong is unique because unfortunately there has been a tremendous silence on the Falun Gong issue. There are other tragedies unfolding in China, the Uyghurs, the Tibetans, most recently Hong Kong, and you see those in the papers to varying degrees of truth, but at least you see them in the papers. With Falun Gong it's been silent almost entirely for the last 15 years. It wasn't always that way, by the way. I mean, when the, when the persecution first started from 1999 to 2001, I mean, the Falun Gong issue was on the front page of the New York Times five times in the fall and, and winter of 1999. Uh, Ian Johnson, who was working for the Wall Street Journal back in 2000, he won the Pulitzer Prize because he was the first one that kind of was brave enough to go into the heartland of China and actually record how Yes, indeed, Falun Gong were being pulled in, into prisons in mass, and yes, indeed, they're being tortured to death. And that was on the front page of the Wall Street Journal. But very quickly, around 2002, 2003, the CCP was able to use some sort of leverage or influence where the media just went silent. Because if you look at the evidence, if you look at the, like the human rights groups like Amnesty International, even our State Department's annual report on human rights, Falun Gong cases are there every single year, from 1999 all the way through up until this year. So the evidence is there, but the media went silent. And I think the media went silent, again, because the CCP understands that while they would rather not have other terrible stories about Tibet or Uyghurs on the papers, in Falun Gong, at least in their minds, they see an existential threat. This is the group that first of all was 100 million people strong, including military leaders, government leaders. This is the group that can expose them in a way that no other group can and is, both inside China with those millions of people that are passing out flyers and also outside China. And so they look at Falun Gong as an existential threat and I think that's why you don't see it in the media. So coming back to your question, what can we do? We need to get the word out. That's the first thing. Even it's as simple as sharing something on your Facebook page or tweeting something out, but we've got to get the word out because the media is really not covering this and it's still happening. Um, I think that's the mo most important thing. I think the second most important thing would be there are acts before Congress that, 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 that can have some real teeth. Now our Congress has been very supportive in the last 20 years. They've passed five different pieces of legislation. Um, advocating for how Falun Gong is very peaceful and condemning the CCP for persecuting it. But this last year there are actually two pieces of legislation that have some real teeth. One is an organ harvesting uh, piece of legislation and the other is the Falun Gong Protection Act. These can have a real effect and I think Americans in particular, if they're concerned about this issue, um, they should call their representatives and make sure that they're behind these bills because they can have real impact on stemming or curtailing or hopefully stopping the horrific practice of organ harvesting in China and also raising the visibility of Falun Gong. And if we raise the visibility of Falun Gong, we are raising the voice that is going to alert us as to the danger we're under. And I think that could be extremely helpful for China. And let me just give you one other little example of that. Many years ago when the SARS outbreak happened, Three months before that hit the world stage, via this network of Falun Gong, we first heard of this mystery illness. We didn't know what it was, but you know, all this information was coming about of persecution cases, and along that same channel came 
stories of this, this, this mystery illness. This, the, the stories come out of China and the, the Falun Gong community's ability to report on those is a vital piece of information. It's a vital channel for understanding what China's really about and what they're doing. And I think if we can raise the visibility of that, we're all going to benefit because we're going to understand this threat and we're going to know how to respond to it and not be in the situation we are now, which we're behind the curve. Um, in terms of the threat and everything the CCP is doing to certainly the United States as well as other countries in the West. And Levi, for those wanting to find more information or maybe read this report, where should they go? Um, th so this report you can read for free actually on a website called falungongreport.org. Um, our website is faluninfo.net, F-A-L-U-N-I-N-F-O.net. So that's our main website for the Falun Dafer Information Center. But this report is at falungong.org, and you can read through the whole thing. You can order a copy if you want to read the paper version, but you can, the whole thing is available for free online. Levi, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. That was Levi Browdy, Executive Director of the Falun Gong Information Center. Thanks for watching China in Focus. I'm Tiffany Meyer. See you soon.